That's like playing pretend with five-year-olds. Oh, that Spider-Man, he was just a clone. Did I just have a stroke? Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast. I have tough skin, apparently. I did not know I had this power. Comic book talk by comic book geeks just like you. What we did not know was that Nikolai Tesla was the original designer of the Fleshlight. Burn it, make it, do it, makes us... Welcome, everybody, to episode 52 of the Trade Secrets Podcast. I am Luke Matthews, and I am joined tonight by Andy Padel. I can't open this goddamn bottle. <laughs> and Ann Bean. Hello! Success! For this episode, we are going to, in, a, in our clever, clever synergy between episode 52 and the new 52, we decided to do a new 52 book called Animal Man. This was a numbers. terrible idea. Yeah, not, not totally terrible. It wasn't... But Absolutely we, awful. We match the numbers. But the numbers match, and that's what's important. <laughs> I uh, cut both of you. So, uh, we are going to be talking about Animal Man, animal man later. and Manam. Manam Man uh, right now. Um, so, there there are a couple of news news things How to talk about How does his daughter not call him Aminal Man all Am- the time? Right. Seriously. Mammal. He, he well, would I call guess. him Aminal Man if Matt Fraction were writing it. Yeah, it's very true. Right. Hot guy. Um, so, like, um, I, we'll get to what we're reading in a little bit. What Did we talk about the whole uh, Batwoman thing on the last show? No. I don't think no, so. We no, we did not. DC's okay. lovely reign of right. stupid. So this happened, and I'm if I'm not mistaken, this happened shortly after we recorded the last show, which is why yeah. we didn't talk about it. Uh, but... Um, there's a website called uh, Has DC Done Something Stupid Today dot com, and the answer is just yes. Yeah, it's well, no, it's like one of the, it's like a warehouse floor counter that's like uh, it days since days. <laughs> it has been X days since DC last did something stupid. Um, so I'm sure everybody who's listening to this understands what, what happened, but let's uh, let's recap the creative team for um, for Batwoman, who it's written by J. H. Williams the third, and was and I don't remember the artist's name, and I'm terrible. But but anyway, the creative team has had um, a string of of problems with the editorial staff at DC, much like many other teams have, uh, and they decided that they were going to finish their run up to issue 26, and they were going to leave the book. Um, that was that was step one. Step one was that J.H. Williams posted a thing saying we're tired of the inter- editorial interference. Um, we had an entire they had the, an entire storyline that they had planned out almost a year in advance, um, and didn't find out until they were about halfway through ec- uh, executing that storyline that DC wasn't going to let them finish it. Um, and then the I know the internet blew up about the the marriage thing um, because they had a a. Uh, was it lesbian characters, right? Yeah, that we're gonna get yeah Batwoman. Oh, I, was I think, it her? Was it Batgirl? I mean, uh, I know Batgirl. I don't know, I don't know. but like it? major characters in major relationships that were affecting the storyline. Yeah, that were that were engaged in the book, but they yeah. weren't. Gonna, DC wasn't going to let them show the marriage. DC's or let them get married. Right, right. Um, DC's uh, excuse was that they weren't going to. They they're not letting any their editorial. Um, direction was that they weren't letting anybody get married so a lot of people which i don't i don't know what i believe anymore when it coming out when it comes out of dc editorial because those guys just like they've fucked up so many books now yeah um and it what amazes me is that um creators still go there like established creators like it's i understand DC, dude. it's like, still well, a huge, that's a th- one of the work big on two Superman? Still. Do you want to work on batman i, I get that and a lot of them have established fan bases sure 
I understand the characters, the history with the characters, and you know, I I totally understand a lot of creators who grew up with these characters and would jump at the chance to write them. But you'd think, but looking at their track record since the New Fifty Two, you're not going to get to write them. Not you're really. gonna you're gonna get to vomit out what their editorial staff tells you to. And if you come up with any original ideas, eventually they're going to get quashed. I mean, they're becoming the fox of the comic industry. Oh, God. You know, I know the beginning of the downfall, and it was the logo. Let's talk, let's the talk. logo change, yeah, yeah right. The, the logo let's change. Let's talk bad about Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, fucking Elizabeth what Hasselbeck. The hell just um, so the, the thing that, I mean, I, I get it, but may, there's a point where DC needs to, Creators and fans need to give them some hard fucking lessons. Wait, I know what happened. So the logo changed. It looks like a paper warehouse. Uh huh. huh. I think whatever Steve Carell's actual character from yeah. The Office Dun- was it Dunder Mifflin or whatever yeah, is there? Yeah, that's the company. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is now running DC. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Huh. Um, because I mean, it, it the New Fifty Two made it like blatantly obvious that creators were not going to get. Um, we're not going to get uh, Dick. recognized Dick for their for. S- for their skill and the, and what they were doing, and that started right from the get go with Static Shock and and John mm-hmm. Ro- Rosam. Like he, you know, he was he finished up a six issue run of of uh, Zombie, which was fucking phenomenal. Is that it was the one so with good. all the X's in it? No, that's. Z- zombies and that's tr- like triple X zombies. Yeah. And, it's a remember book. Oh, and okay. kind of yeah. Um, no, this one it did start with an X. It was zombie with uh, starting with an X, Only ending with an X. I. Nanotechnology gone horribly wrong. Yeah. Um, it's it's the book was phenomenal. It was really well written. The artwork was amazing. And uh, when they it ended up getting axed in the new Fifty Two switchover, right? And oh. so John Rosam uh, was going to co-write Static Shock with another guy. Made it an issue and a half before he just got That's fed up issue. with the fucking um uh the creative the rest of the creative team and the editor the editorial mm-hmm. staff and just said fuck it I'm gone. And it's you know it's happening constantly. The the so the second half of this which is which is amazing <laughs> is that the um because they're classy guys. I don't remember the guys uh Dan Didio who's yes. one of the executive editors at DC was at New York Comic Con and announced that uh, Williams and his creative team weren't even going to get up. It was not New York. That hasn't happened yet. It was Chicago. It wasn't Chicago. Some damn Comic Con. Toronto. Uh, it was not New York. We'll go with that. Okay, I swear it was New not York. Not New York. That, that hasn't happened yet. That's two weeks from now. Hmm. Anyway, was that a comic convention? Uh, oh, Toronto Fan Expo. I think is what it was. Yes. Um, and uh, he just announced that they weren't even going to get to finish out their 26-issue run, that they were going to be replaced on issue as of issue 25. Didn't tell them. Oh. He was just like, oh, I'm classic. just going to make this announcement in public. And uh, fuck you guys. That's like, I don't know. I feel like that's a move right out of some bad 80s like teen flick where... <laughs> You get dumped at the James prom. William the Third is he's skiing down the hill, and the, the <laughs> fucking rival ski instructor's like, "Fuck you! Your book, you're not writing it anymore." <laughs> Sweep the leg. Uh, yeah, I do just you realize the street value of this mountain. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just, it just, they need 
the problem, the problem, the thing that really bothers me about this more than anything else is that they'll, they'll, there's nothing in the industry that is going to send a message to DC that what they're doing is is wrong. Okay, here's because my plan. Karen Berger hulks out and kills all of them, or at least beats <laughs> them up in vaguely embarrassing ways. Yeah. I mean, DC fans aren't going to stop buying the books. No. Nope. Um, creators are so enamored with the chance to write those characters that there will always be a lineup of people who are willing to step in and write something at DC. And I mean, um, there's got to be a few titles that are yeah. fairly unfucked with. There, just enough to like. Yeah, there's a by. few. Like, like I think I think Animal Man is one of the ones. Animal Man and Swamp Thing. But the thing is, is it's it's the titles that aren't really super core stuff like super yeah, core true. characters like um like i'm just thinking of it's like okay what uh dc characters do i know superman batman yeah. wonder woman hawk like the flash Man, flash isn't boomerang, hawk a girl flash, re- girl? dr reverse dr boomerang whatever the flash <laughs> one is i know the doom patrol yeah Yay. i i just I mean, there's is Armful uh, off lad DC. I don't know. God, I hope so. I there's so. plenty of there's plenty of. I, I'm not going to rag too much on like I, I don't like the way DC handles their stuff. There there's characters that I like. I like the Batman universe in general. I like um, the Secret Six. Uh, too bad they don't exist anymore. Yeah, I like bits of it. So I'm not going to. That's not the part that I want to rag on. I'm just amazed that like. I liked Men of War. Too bad it doesn't exist anymore. Right. So, and that's theme. the thing. That's the thing. Like, they started the new... F- I remember when they started the new 52, and it's been, what, now? A year and a half since the new 52 began. It only seems and, like forever. Yeah. And first of all, the new 52 started with 52 new titles. There have already, as of this point, been, I think I think they're up to 81. What? Um, from titles that... The new titles that they've started, titles that they've canceled and replaced. So, you know. let's, let's okay. go to just, just for a second before that. Actually, the New 52 started with one book, and that was Justice League, which well, referred to a book that came out the next fucking week. Right. Yeah, referred Let's to it as though it happened in the past. Yeah. There's again. that. There's. Um, but I remember thinking to myself, like, one, if you're going to reboot your universe, and I'm, I'm, so just so that I set this up for everybody, I'm not even going to talk about um continuity stuff because we've had that conversation at infinitum yeah. don't need to have it again um i'm talking about when like we have that conversation plenty of times uh i was amazed that they decided to reboot their universe and they decided to one to start out their new thing with 52 different fucking titles I get it. Like, I mean, Marvel's got 60-something. DC at the time was up to 68, I think, and they, they actually paired back to it 52. It seems reasonable, honestly, but... Oh, I don't know. That's... I mean, the 52 titles part, not the reboot part. You're talking... That's eight titles a week, roughly. That's that's a lot of fucking books. I mean, and it really, to me, is a, is a lot of fucking books. And I think but it would work... Is, 14 of them are Batman. <laughs> yeah, I know. If it was like a diverse range of things, different types Not of storytelling. Not 14 Batman titles and five Superman titles. characters. And, yeah. To appeal to a wide demographic. Well, and talk about, talk about you know, major characters getting the shaft when there's, there were like five titles with Superman. There were, I think, I think the actual number was like 10 Batman titles and one Wonder Woman title. Uh-huh. And Wonder Woman is one of the, triumvirate iconic. of their iconic characters. Did Aquaman have and, a 
Yes, Aquaman had a book. Um, the Flash, I think, had a book. I mean, there's, but the, but the, when, even then, like, so you have 52 different titles, and then I looked back, and I'm thinking of some of the things that they decided were important titles Voodoo. to have. Voodoo, Static Shock. Static Shock, I'm not going to rag on too much because the specific reason why they did Static Shock was to have an African-American hero that was a star of his own book. Which, right. Right. Okay. It would be then, nice. Miles else. <laughs> yeah. But what? then they looked at, um, but then things like uh, Frankenstein, Agent of Shade? What? <laughs> Agent of Shade is amazing. I, it's it's dark. It is so dark. I, Much okay. like Justice League, dark. Just <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just can't. I feel like they. Um, I mean, there, there's a, about a billion different ways that they botched the new Fifty Two, and there's a. They continue to show that they just like their editorial team as a team. Now there are individual people in the higher ups in the editorial team in DC. People like Scott Snyder, um, and occasionally Jim Lee, who mostly know what the fuck they're doing and have enough experience, and they they respect the universe that they're they're in charge of. But the editorial, the monster that is the editorial staff of DC, just, they have zero respect for their own properties. They have zero... So um, on, on that tangent real quick, like the, the big key difference that I've noticed between DC and Marvel is DC, the fucking juggernaut that is DC, just steamrolls over its creative staff. Mm-hmm. Then on the other hand, you've got Marvel, who's got like... The Marvel, uh, fa- is it the founders? Is that what they are? Architects. The architects. Marvel Architects. Which and is Creative I mean, Summit. Um, like, you know, these... It's Remender Marvel, and Fraction and Bendis and Jason Aaron. Yeah, it's and like, you know, like, Marvel realizes the value of their creators and it celebrates them and it, you know, takes them and shows, you know, hey, these are the guys who are making the stuff that you love. DC, meanwhile, is like kicking them in the nuts. Well, so, yeah, for a good example of that is Jeff Johns has widely been... Uh, discussed as one of the best creators in the DC, you know, pantheon of creators. He ran, you know, he's been doing The Flash for seven years or something like that, seven or eight years. And even he tends to get crapped on by the the overall editorial monster. Contrast that to Ed Brubaker, who wrote Captain America for nine years and was a, a now I'm sure that there was Marvel editorial direction. I'm sure that yeah. there were I'm sure that there was things that had to happen within that book that had to tie into, you know, Marvel is event happy, so I'm sure there was shit that had to tie into like fear itself and whatever the fuck and um but for the most part he was allowed to do shit that he wanted to do. He was well, allowed, like Are you saying that they trusted their creative <laughs> staff that they had? Yeah, right. Madness. I mean, look at look at Remender's run on Cap. How many creators do you think could step into that book after Brubaker's run and then just be like, hmm, I'm going to take this to Dimension Z and I'm going to resurrect a a fucking D-level villain from the Marvel Universe and I'm going to turn him into a badass. You know who the other one is? No. Who? Matt Fraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um for the listeners at home, I apologize. I've been drinking for about three hours, so <laughs> fact check me all you want. I, I don't even care right now. I wish Joel were here so I could fact check him. Well, I'm still going to fact check you because you were one of them about Remender leaving Cap. Um, I was positive that. Not happening, and I don't even know where either of you heard it because I have not found a single shred of information that would have even hinted at it. Maybe someone redacted it? I suppose maybe some dipshit like maybe it was a typical internet um, fail like like every time people seem to think that Jackie Chan died or every time <laughs> that people Chan's think it's no oh. 
Every time Fuck. people think it's the day in Back to the Future that they oh travel my to God, that in the future. Meme. Oh, that pisses me off so much. Uh, 2015 is going to suck. <laughs> it's going to be every fucking day. There's going to be a new I'm picture. A, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to post like a continuous like feed of Facebook of the, uh, the Back to the Future clock matching whatever oh day it is. God, it's like, you know no, it was the, summer. It can't be January. Stop. You know what would be the greatest fucking thing in the world is if they re-released... Uh, back to the future, like a Back to the Future collection on Blu-ray or some shit, and pressed like twenty different versions of Back to the Future two that all have a different date. Oh, God damn it! Oh, the that would be would that would be fucking amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing. Wait a minute, montage. Um. Anyway, yeah, I it's I just between their characters and the and the way that they're treated and and the fact that the creative teams that seem to have the best ideas at DC um get crapped on all the time I've uh there is nothing you could do to draw me back into DC stories. You know what I'm going to do? If I want to read a good DC story, I will go buy one of the old ones that I know is good, you know? Cuz there's a lot of those. There's Long plenty Halloween. of yeah, I there's plenty of old Batman stories and Admit stuff that, that I forgot or didn't know what was going on with with this week's book, and I was a little disappointed that it wasn't the Grant Morrison run. But there eh, we go. Like that's <laughs> something I would go back and read because I hear that's good. Yeah, I just remembered that I have a shirt that's the cover of this book. No, oh, really? Well, there. <laughs> you got it for free evolved, somewhere? No, no, I, I bought it. I oh, was okay. Like, Okay, no, that's a fucking rad Animal Man shirt, and it says, you know, die on it, so I'm <laughs> fucking sold. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I'm, I I was already done with Marvel and DC for the most part, but um, I'm totally done with DC now. You didn't like, even get to the Harley Quinn bit. The, oh, the Harley Quinn bit. Just to add stupid so, nails into the stupid coffin. So here's the thing. I, um, I'm, I'm not quite as... Uh, I'm not quite as that do, that doesn't bother me as much as other things have bothered me because here's my theory whether this is true or not and right. and the theory does involve a little bit of faith in DC editorial which nobody what? has so here's my theory knowing like I've seen a couple so to recap for everybody uh, they're doing a contest to get a new artist for a Harley Quinn book and they sent out a page and they wanted people to draw this page and the four panels are all of Harley Quinn trying to kill herself in different ways and failing basically Um, and And it seems like it's sort of a wink and a nod like right look at all this derpy shit the DC editorial staff is making me do yeah so in the context of Harley Quinn, that page makes actually makes sense. And the reason why I say that is because I've seen a couple of articles and I've seen some people post... There's a couple of artists who posted their interpretations to like DeviantArt and stuff. Sure. And um, they were... You know, Harley Quinn has always been about basically about dark humor. And in this particular instance, it's... In my opinion, it's it's an attempt at Harley Quinn's dark humor. Taken out of context, it's fucking terrible. Um, but, now go ahead. What's your- I, and I think that's the unfortunate thing about the decision to use this as a contest is that it is out of context, sort of by default. And on the heels of them making a misogynist decision, being like, well, here's an out of context image of a naked woman in a bathtub trying to kill herself. Oh, everyone who Wait, reads the naked? books... <laughs> well, there's debate about that. Uh, everyone who reads the book is like, okay, I, you know, I get, and even me, I don't read Harley Quinn books, but I know the character. I'm like, okay, 
I get that she's like a weirdo and she'll do this sort of thing, but that's the stupidest thing for DC to pick for a break into comics and is so fucking insulting. So, so wait a minute. Here's my here's here's why um, here's my part where I was going to say that it requires a little bit of faith in DC editorial. Okay. Um, there, well, the first thing that I'm going to say, and this is this is something I agree with. There's a lot of people on the internet. Okay, stop. <laughs> what did you say? Faith, faith in DC. Faith edit. I know, I know. I've I've prefaced this three times already. It's not enough. Um, so, first thing that I thought was funny is that somebody uh, commenting on one of the posts on DeviantArt said that it's actually the scene is actually funnier if because there's four different scenes yeah. and one of them is like she's holding a cell phone tower in a lightning storm and one of them is she's like sitting on a platform above a pool full of alligators with a bunch of chicken parts raw Where, chicken parts strapped to her body yeah, wearing a chicken bikini and yeah and there's tell me more <laughs> and the it's one is, is like she's like naked in a in a bathtub and uh, and naked in a bathtub and she's got a whole bunch of electronic or electric devices hanging over them with like a rip cord that's going to drop them into the bathtub um so one the 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 first thing was somebody commented that it would actually be funnier if she was in her costume in the bathtub absolutely um, but secondly, and this is my theory, which is probably wrong, but if I were going to send that page out to a, an open call for artists, I would use the over-sexualized ones as an auto-fail. I would be huh. like, I would be like, here is a page, and th- here's the thing, is there's no, there's not a hell of a lot of stage direction in those, no. in that page, so there's nothing that's like... Um, you don't in know a sexy in a sexy pose in the bathtub. No, it just says naked in a bathtub with a bunch of shit hanging over her. So there's part of me that wants to think that the DC editorial staff was like, um, if somebody can figure out a way to do this funny and um, and not over sexualize, then they rock it to the top of the list because that would be for me that would be a good criteria. It's like here's your here's your page. Let's see if you can do this without being offensive or within, in keeping with the character. And there I, are some people that I've seen post to the net that have managed to do that. Oh, I believe you know? that. I just don't believe that that was a conscious choice by DC editorial staff. I think I, what the most important thing is, is that we have a bunch of new listeners and I've made two jokes that are obvious to longtime <laughs> listeners about Harley <laughs> Quinn being naked. But to someone who's listening to the first time, they're like, who the fuck is that? Well, you pervert? don't know that we have new listeners. We have new Twitter followers. That doesn't mean that they're actually listening to the show. I would assume like one of them is going to listen to this. <laughs> For that one new listener. <laughs> and I am not a pervert. <laughs> and he's, and he's, no, no not that's not true. No, you're not a pervert. You're evil in different ways. Uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, it's it It was definitely a dumb PR move. Regardless oh, yeah. of regardless of. Um, the intentions behind the editorial staff and whether or not they actually were doing what I think they're doing or what I would like to think they're doing. Uh-huh. Uh, the timing of it was just fucking retarded. And the idea that they they stick that out there in the middle of all of their other bad press is just so, so blind to their own image, which is yet another thing that, the, that they you, don't understand. The logo that was the... It really... The death knell. I miss I miss the old circle logo with the stars so bad. Like that's like that's I fucking iconic. Is your, like, is your aim improving? <sighs> what? Never mind. They should. Why? Ha- <laughs> I am going to Broken. make a product that will sell all the money. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> 
you, you can sell me some money. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, but think it. about it. Toilet paper with the old... With, was, but with I the new DC on logo? I old DC logo. I want to pee on the new DC yeah, logo. Yeah, you get toilet paper with the new DC logo. Triple ply toilet paper that you can't tell until you peel it back and the DC logo is underneath in the middle. Surprise! Editorial feedback. All right. Have you guys been reading anything? Hey, 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 can I interrupt with our actual feedback from our actual listeners oh, that absolutely. exist and yeah. stuff? Yeah. Use the specific con- like out of context quote that I appreciate no. the most. <laughs> well, we have a, we have a for real compliment and I I suppose I'll read the whole thing, although bits of this out of context would be better. One of the better says Eric, one of the better comic podcasts out there, as in it doesn't want uh, it doesn't make me want to bang my head against the wall. Hey, Eric, just to let you know, I am going to quote you on that, but I'm just going to use the it doesn't make me want to bang my head against the wall bit, not the one of the better parts. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're not taking this seriously. Um, we never take this seriously. Had some had some thoughts about uh, the Captain Marvel podcast as well. Thank you for that's that. My, that's my thought. <laughs> that okay. Luke. Well, actually, um, one yes! of the... <laughs> yes. One, one of the things he mentioned was that uh, minor geek correction... Red Sonia did appear in Marvel Comics prior to the Bridgette Nelson movie. She okay. appeared in Roy Thomas's Conan in the early 70s and got her own title by the awesome. late 70s. Um, and regarding Captain Marvel, I thought it was interesting. He says... Uh, the alien one or the human one? The one that we reviewed. Okay. The book. Um, he says, I was also going to say that there was something lacking in the Captain Marvel run you guys were discussing. I really liked the personal quality of the story that, uh, in that it had her at odds, not with the Avengers, but with, uh, but in coming to a sense of self in reaction to two archetypal parental characters in Marvel okay. and Cobb. But it never went far enough beyond that shallow representation and was completely undermined by what they did to Cobb at the end. Absolutely. But, I think I said that too. I, th- I felt like I, we all talked about how, like, they took Cobb and ended up corrupting her character yeah. and turning her and like totally changing the meaning of her relationship with, uh, with Captain Marvel. And yeah. Just, I, I, I wish they'd made other choices more than that though. I, I kind of, I like Captain, or well, Marvel mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and Cobb as parental figures. And I think they could have, I would hope they would have rolled more with that. And maybe they'll do more in the future. I don't know. I'm I'm curious enough about it that I'll I'll probably go ahead and read the second trade. But yeah, I'm I'm not interested enough. I, I just I don't know. They just did something. The way that the way that it was handled just didn't jive with me. And I um I'm glad that it's got a fan base. And I'm hoping that that I'm hoping what that translates into is many more years of Captain Marvel being yeah. a a primary like heavy character in the marvel universe yeah. um because i think that leads the you know they're they've done a good job with like miles morales and that to lead the way with um with characters that and I, i'm going to use the term minority and even though i know s- s- uh, gender is not How a minority but you know what i mean white males also females sure. are well majority I, yes <laughs> <laughs> and on the previous males. show and what i'm trying to say is minority in this uh okay. community um because yes, in the general world, in the representation in comics, sure, exactly. Because you know what, comic book readers are a fucking minority in in general. So, so uh, for the last week, we have been reading. Uh, that was a hell of a burp. It was, Books. wasn't it? 
we've been reading a book, and I don't know. I just lost. Animal Man. I just lost my entire train of thought because Andy was uh, looking at me sexily. So. I can't <laughs> help it. Uh, we have been reading Animal Man, New Fifty Two Animal Man, because of the synergy, you know. And it is. Why am I not prepared for actually? It doing is written by Jeff show. Lemire. Thank you. Penciled and inked by someone who has a name that are both nouns. It's like trumpet, left bank, trumpet hammer. <laughs> Uh, travel foreman. Travel foreman is drawn by travel foreman, except for uh, the I- issue six was mostly drawn by John Paul Leon. Um, so the book uh, centers it's it it is a new fifty two book and it's the first trade of the book, so it's a reboot of of the Animal Man character. Uh, more, I think. Um, more of a di- direct reimagining of the character than many mm. of the other uh, new fifty two books have been. So uh, you know they make they make some references in this book to the to his old you know his old origin about you know he was like an alien gave him the powers and stuff and then they basically say no that's not actually how you got your powers it was just a metaphor that you could understand yeah uh, Jeff Lemire is uh, a phenomenal writer on a number of other things Sweet Tooth um, Sweet <laughs> he did Sweet Tooth he did um, Underwater Welder correct I think so yeah that's um, newer though yeah. He's also, oddly enough, was the original writer on uh, Frankenstein Agents of Shade, which we were making fun of earlier, which I was making fun of earlier. Um, It's dark. Yeah. So, well, then why didn't they call it uh, Frankenstein Agent of Shade Dark or Frankenstein Dark Agent of Shade? Because (laughs) that would have... Dark Agent of Shade Extreme. Yeah, Darkenstein. (laughs) Darkenstein. Frankendark. Yeah. Um, this book is... Dark uh, and dark. This book, without a doubt, is is so far the best New 52 book I've read. Yeah. Um, okay, that Keep top, in mind... Top three. Sure. Keep in mind I haven't read Men at Arms or Men at War, and I haven't read um, uh, Swamp Thing, and I haven't read the... Um, so you don't know the conclusion of this book is what you're saying. <laughs> no. So I also haven't read the... Um, uh, la, 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 the Jonah Hex re- remake, the uh, All Star Western, Western, which I've heard is actually pretty good. So, for clarity, in terms of plotification, plotification—that's a word we're going to go with. Yep, <laughs> this book's conclusion ties in with some issue of Swamp Thing, but is it the first issue of Swamp Thing, or do they like? tie in at issue six together no one I, knows i don't know because i haven't read swamp thing so i have no idea to Hooray! be honest i assume we've read everything forever andy so i thought you might have an answer but nope i bet if okay. we had asked i bet if we no actually i was gonna say i bet if we had asked uh, uh eddie know. he might but i don't it's think not a batman i don't think book i was gonna care. say it's not a batman book so he probably yeah. doesn't give a shit yeah um, i'm gonna tell him that batman's in it though so just so he reads it Batman and Nightwing show up in like the first three issues of Swamp <laughs> Thing somewhere. I don't even just know like, what's going on. Sup, Alec? Sup? <laughs> How's it going? So cool. I'm out. The I liked this book a lot because of the fact that they took a. It's one of the better treatments of what is frankly a, a C class character uh, from the original DCU. And C class. Yeah, that's been. Kind of generous. Uh, I'll give I'll give him C class. Aquaman um, is C class. Because <laughs> uh, of the ocean. Of the sea. And, uh, <laughs> I didn't 
even mean that pun. <laughs> and that's what made it great. I hate all of you so much. Get the fuck we, out. We know. We know. Uh, oh, all right. <laughs> um, I I was I was pleasantly surprised, especially by the first three issues of this book, because I really enjoyed how they um they kind of made this guy a family man, yeah. which is usually which is funny because they're like we'll never let superheroes marry because it would be awkward <laughs> if they had a family yeah no one cares about aquaman you're right no one cares about aquaman but back to what we're talking about he's got a trident for a hand um i was i was they they've succeeded in making him a family man that um that I actually enjoy. And then they succeeded in tying his family into his story in a way that made an interesting uh, overarching kind of plot device for the book. I appreciate that it's not just like, hey, so I'm a family man and I'm also a superhero who goes out at night and it stresses out my wife. Yeah. The wife is a super developed character. Yes. The son is a developed, although not as much character. The daughter is a super developed character mm-hmm. and they all matter. Right. And I thought that was impressive that they, you know, they kind of approached his his life as a superhero and his changes in um, what he was doing with his life the way that you would approach like actual relationship issues in a yeah. in a long term marriage. Like she, they've been married for ten years, so he starts talking about the fact. Like in the interview at the very, so the very beginning of the book uh, starts out with an interview and uh, in the believer, and it totally yeah. has the same font. And as a typographer, <laughs> I appreciated that. Um, an interview with with. Uh, the main character talking about his, you know, jumping from career to career, and he's, a, you know, he was a superhero for a long time, and now he's not really doing that anymore. And then he was, he started out as a stuntman, and now he's in movies and stuff. Um, and talking about how, you know, they kind of go over the fact that, you know, he got asked why, you know, how his changing from t- thing to thing to thing um, has affected his family and affected his marriage, and you know, he he has a great little like minor monologue where he's he basically says. You know, in thought bubbles, he's like, my wife lets me do my thing. And as long as I don't bring it home, she doesn't really care, which is kind of the way actual relationships work. You know, (laughs) I mean, that's the way my marriage worked. So (laughs) and then this becomes the ironic tale of the time he brought it home. Yes. Now, I was talking to Andy about this earlier and um, I'll I'll bring it up on the show, too, that I I think that is the one character moment in the book that I thought um, just dragged me right out of the book altogether, uh, which was was when he first, you know, he goes to the hospital and he deals with the situation there and he has his eyes bleed and then he comes home and all this shit goes wrong. Like his daughter can all of a sudden summon dead animals and he gets this weird like uh, vein map on his uh, torso that turns into a tattoo and um, he realizes that there's things coming for him and that he needs to take his daughter who is developing powers and go figure out what the fuck is going wrong. Mm -hmm. And his wife um, his wife snaps at him and snaps what I what feel felt to me just like maybe it's just the wrong line or maybe it's the way that it was delivered, but she kind of goes, "I didn't sign up for this," and I thought to myself, "You've been married to a superhero mm. for ten fucking years. You knew exactly what you signed up for, 
I think it was the wrong line because I feel like her rage was like, "How you're dragging our daughter into this?" Yeah, sure. More so that like I knew this was a possibility, but fuck. Um, there were a couple of times where there was a there was a slightly wrong line that took me out of it. One time, mm. the daughter said something where I'm like, four year olds never say that stuff." Yeah, it was like, "I'm not a doctor. I'm four. I'm like, no, four year olds have no concept of." either of those things yeah oh when the when the uh that's right when they were in the red and he's being attacked and um, it's like fix your dad she'd be like okay how do i do that exactly as opposed to i'm not a damn it jim i'm a four-year-old not a doctor (laughs) (laughs) um but i think that was junie bones is like what do you mean it's just like play-doh oh i got this squoosh you just turned his face into spaghetti that's how he make his beard grow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's just um it was it was only that one moment. It yeah, was just it was. her it was her kind of snapping. Oh, here it is. It says um uh he, he kind of tells his wife that she that he's got to take his daughter and listen to what his daughter is saying so that he can find out what's going wrong because whatever is affecting his daughter is affecting his connection to the animal kingdom, yeah. which is the source of his of all his powers. Yeah. Um and he kind of explains that he needs to listen to his daughter and take her to whatever's going so that they can fix it. And he says, Ellen, say something. And she goes, trust me, you don't want to know what I'm thinking right now, Bernard Baker. I didn't sign up for this, this craziness when I married you. And I'm like, yeah, that's not right. You did. You actually did. And she Um, seems so cool with it the rest of the time, which is like, she knows that she's frustrated by it. She knows that it's part of their marriage. Mm -hmm. And she's like, fuck. Okay, go do the thing. Right, and I think that that's what um, I think that that's what set up this line being so out of place to me was that in the first issue, that whole discussion that they had, where there was a, you know, something was going on at the hospital, and the son runs in and tells him that it's going on, and sh- uh, you know, he goes, "I, where's my costume? I need to go take care of this." And she kind of goes, "Can't she?" And she's very calm about it. She's yeah. like, "Can't you just stay home and let the police handle it this time?" Mm-hmm. And he goes, "Well, I thought you wanted me to be a superhero. Can't I just do this?" And she just kind of acquiesces and goes yeah whatever go take care of it it's fine you know she's not so happy about it but she's also not like snapping at him and when it gets to this second part it was like i said it's probably just the wrong line because it just felt like she was like she stepped over that in in that one moment and it it actually completely yanked me out of Mm. the story for a minute i was just like what what whatever i'll just move on I, and that's the same that I did with the, like, the four-year-old. I'll line. just call it generalized rage or generalized stress and move on, even though the line just bothers me. Yep. But I called the other one. Jeff Lemire maybe hasn't hung out with enough four-year-olds lately. <laughs> Today's Luke hates everything. Is brought to you by <laughs> rye whiskey. <laughs> Yeah. I don't hate it everything. Makes a th- man mean. That was the only, and that's why I was actually going to get that out of the way first and, and move on because it is a very, very minor moment in the yeah. book. Do you, do you want to start mentioning other things you hate about this book? Anything else? <laughs> we'll get there to the end. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. But the end—that's convenient because <laughs> we never get there. Yeah. Well, um, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about the art before we come back to to um, Lemire's writing because I know that you, Andy, said you didn't like the art. I have issues with the art insofar as, well, I think it is It is a quality that's acceptable. I don't think it's right for this story. Specifically when they go into the, uh, is it the red? Yeah. Is yeah. that sort of the term? Mm-hmm. I think it's too out there and. Huh. Oh, really? Like, yeah. 
Because I thought the exact opposite. Same, you didn't actually. think it was enough? No, I, I didn't think it... It's not that I didn't think it was enough. I guess not the exact opposite. I thought it was the just right. I thought it was... Opposite. Because what I actually... What I liked about this book was it actually had less the feel of a superhero fight and more the almost the feel of like a horror book. Yeah. Um, especially when you see the 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 Hunters 3 and anything that they're doing like, you know, in the real world and they make all the rhinos explode or was it rhinos hippos. or whatever hippos, hippos explode and then they uh you know, they eat the zookeepers and take their bodies temporarily and um like and then when you get into when you get into the red and the little girl being an avatar is just like, "Hey, I'm here, blue. I know what I'm to blue. do." And th- and that leads into what you were saying yeah. earlier, where she's not she's not like, "Oh my god," she's like, "I've had dreams about this. I know this." And well, she just kind of just four. does she doesn't it. Separate reality from fantasy, and in this case, she's completely right. There isn't a separation. Yeah, and he is flipping the fuck out, which they they show in the red that he has the ability to kind of control you know he, when his powers manifest in the red it's basically a dream world and the power when his powers manifest he actually manifests them physically what if i so told you he's, yeah so he's like taking a power you know he takes a power of an ape and he turns into this kind of ape like creature and turns into solomon grundy yeah right and then and that's what i kind of liked was at the beginning when he's freaking out and doesn't you know he's he doesn't understand where he's gone and he's starting to lose his daughter. And at that same moment, he is literally falling apart. Like his body is unraveling and his face is going, his head's just turning into this big amorphous blob of teeth and flesh. And his daughter is the one that grounds him. His daughter comes back. He's like, it's okay. Just fucking let go and come on, let's go. (laughs) um, Other lines from the four year old. I mean, (laughs) on that note, um, I think that you could have gotten more with less. Because if you look at that panel where he's literally falling apart, I feel like it's not gone the right direction. It's too abstract. Mm. And Definitely I'm, some of the mm. body body horror stuff was pretty abstract. I didn't mind it because it was in a fantasy world. I my My take on it was like, so reading the first issue, I'm like, man, his wife's neck is really weird. Mm-hmm. That's just he's got a bad haircut. Weird, and some of these people's bodies are a little weird. But as soon as like actually weird stuff started happening, I was like, "Huh, this art is really appropriate for the grotesque body transmogrification that happens more or less constantly throughout this book." Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess I just, I just disagree with you because I liked the fact that it didn't look like what say Greg Capullo would have interpreted it as right yeah Um, if you had an ideal artist for this Andy who would it be Dave McKee yeah oh shit oh man never mind I want Dave McKee to write that or draw this I think he does a really good job at Dave McKee in the goddamn collage hell yes no no Yes. I think that's. No. Um, I think David Mack could do it too. David Mack would be also a good choice as well. But Dave McKee specifically, because he does such weird collagey stuff, that I think would be a better representation of someone. But it would be the same thing. Like that's what McKean does. Weird body and horror. Yeah, Hell yeah. And that's and and to me that's a problem because I've seen McKean's shit and it like. Uh, now uh, taking separating the fact out that I I fucking hate McKean's stuff. Um, it it one of the things that i liked about this was that it didn't look like something that i've seen in 
something previous like other comics it didn't look like sandman you know it didn't look like some of mckean's body horror stuff it looked like the character designs for the avatars on this page are amazing i love those character designs uh that's the first page of book three uh it's in the early parts of book three yeah uh, when they first meet the avatars and they're all, you know, that goat thing, fucking Baphomet slash, yeah, KFC yeah. Colonel Sanders is amazing. Horns <laughs> <laughs> and a mustache and, and the, a the kind of, of elephant thing with the like the giant ears like floating up and stuff. Like they're really good that's designs, and that's actually one of the things that I really loved about the book yeah. um, was uh, the designs that he gave, especially so the best to me. Um, the scene at the end of the storyline, and I think it's issue five, when they're fighting the third of the the Hunters three, the one that's still the the wormy one that's still in the real yeah. world. So and go ahead. Just real quick on the note of the elephant thing, the face on that looks like a cross between Spider Jerusalem and the old man from Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Um, <laughs> Looks a little Terrible bit like news, everyone. Looks a little bit by like Baron Harkonnen. Oh god, um, that's a good one. <laughs> so, um, no, they did, they did this fight, and you know he's of the th- hunters three. The one that the, was stayed in the real world was the the most amorphous of them. Like one of them was very clearly had a design, like it was just this kind of like skinless monster, to- toothy monster thing. The other one was Rawr. very centipede, you know, bug kind of design, and the other one was just like. Fucking flesh weird. blob of flesh blob, hellish and entrails and shit. Can't hear anything you're saying with your mic in your lap. Oh, I know that wasn't for <laughs> audio. That was just for you guys. Um, especially the scenes where um, he's he's morphing into the body of like the cop, for example, and you, the scenes where he's like losing it. And yeah. just burps, and, and like he his burps, face and his face goes, you know. And then the, the best one to me was um, so uh, it was actually kind of a, a part of the story that I really liked. Where at the end of one issue, uh, he meets the cop that's supposed to help them, and you think, oh, cop's dead. You, you know, that's my initial thought is, up oh, cop's yeah, toast. That was my thought so too. he shows up, morphed into the cop's form, and then almost at the end of that issue. The cop is thumping on the trunk of the car, so he hasn't, you know, completely eaten the cop. He's just taken his form, and then in the in the next five pages of the next issue, he you see the cop like disemboweled and like missing the snack. bottom half of his body because half this cop, yeah. And in that fight scene, when the kid shoots him in the face with the shotgun, and it actually completely alters the morphology of the creature because. Yeah. At one minute he has a head, the next minute he doesn't, He ha- and it changes the whole shape of the creature, and then the creature just kind of goes with the flow of having his head blown off. I loved that. I loved that design, and that's one of the, I think that was the scene that convinced me of the quality of the art in this yeah. book, and the, the and it's it's less about the actual rendering, more about the design, and like the way the guy that designed it was. A horror mechanic, too, mm-hmm. just in terms of like unstoppable creatures from beyond the whatever. Can, can we talk about it being an unstoppable creature from beyond, and what that leads to? <laughs> sure. Point? Because, yes, so the, the villain thing, creature, monstrosity, Hooker, I don't know what it is, gets ripped apart by a pack of wild dogs uh-huh. and elephants and bears and all sorts of yes. shit. Yes, nature. Nature. Nature itself defeats this thing. Mm-hmm. Sort of. Sort of. 
which leads to what I thought was going to be, you know, the final thing. It's like, oh, okay, how's he going to continue in the swamp thing? The fuck? What? This is a movie. This I was is bullshit. This is complete bullshit. I I kind of agree because one of the things that lost me in this book was the end of was the end of issue five when so they go into the red they bring back the cat that exchange that is was fucking awesome. awesome. What's your name? Well, it was socks, but I prefer the name that I took in the red, which is Ignatius. No, 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 it's socks. <laughs> I love that. Like that's that was that's a four Fuck year you, old you're a cat. Yeah. Um, socks. So. You know the the creatures the creatures come. They've gotten into the the motorhome spoilers and and have escaped the the vast bulk of the creatures that are coming to destroy them. And no shit, the last page is the fucking cat saying, "Only the swamp thing can save us now." And actually, no, you, I hope it was in that voice that too. Please buy this first issue or whatever of <laughs> the next book. It's called oh. Swamp Thing. It goes on sale next week. And here's, an, here's an ad. Yeah. Um, and I was this that is, aggravated this the is shit like out of me. This is like the episode of Buffy where you have to have seen Angel to understand it. I will <laughs> cut you and again. I will reiterate that. The, like <laughs> seriously and deep. This actually leads leads into something that I was going to mention before. Um, that I I feel like the covers to these these books, um, are are wildly misrepresentative of their. Of the content, and it's not, and this is a good one. It's not the art. The art is great. It's the logo for one, which I think is it. It doesn't fit. It's too, I guess, clean would be the word. And then huh. look at this one specifically with the the classic eighties tagline oh, at dude, the bottom. Death is my darling daughter. Yeah, nineteen ninety one. Death is my darling daughter. That's a Misfits song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next time on Animal Man. <laughs> uh, but all those little gripes aside, um, I, I, you're right. I, I do not like the fact that they, um, that issue five, they're just like, oh, you, let's tie this into another book that we've got going. Have because, a burr, 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 burr. That is it's the one that the makes the most sense. Fucking book of the trade. Right. It doesn't even give you the option of reading a trade to see if you like it or not before yeah. you have to go to another book to finish it. Yeah. That is fucking bullshit. Well, and that's actually... No, go ahead. DC yeah. editorial. <laughs> that, that's all I got to say. That's actually one of the reasons why I, I... You know, it's one of the reasons why I don't read a lot of uh, big... Um, big uh, two? Big two books because I'm... Uh, I don't want to have a... I don't want to have to know, you know, other shit to understand the book that I'm reading which is really strange because um, this book started on the opposite note I thought that the beginning of this book, the issue one, did a phenomenal job of introducing you to Animal Man as though you knew nothing about him. Gave you a fairly short like synopsis thing in the interview and then um, kind of led through discussions with his wife and his use of his powers and um, gave him a minor threat to get you ramped up to, you know, not only to get you ramped up to him as a superhero, but to give him a reason to lead into what was going on later, right? He right. uses his powers and his and eyes bleed and, you know, this shit goes weird. Jeff Lemire's good. He and, really yeah. is. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, we got to figure DC Editorial stepped in and was like, oh, we need to promote Swamp Thing. And 
it kind of what it seems like it went the exact it took that left turn into a place that this book just didn't need to go well, i mean okay so on that note you know how this plays out because um at issue 11 they have to go to london and meet john constantine um right <laughs> that, there's that book and then after that they come back to the states no you're laughing like he's joking he's not joking oh right? book fuck. 15 <laughs> they meet zantana yeah, it's like let's bring all the really. Well, dude, I'm just con- talking with you. <laughs> okay. The Constantine thing is is not fake. I don't mind them crossing over with Swamp Thing as long as Swamp Thing is guest starring in Animal Man. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to go buy a different series. Yeah, I don't. I don't care about characters guest starring in each other's books. I do. I do not like straight up crossovers that force me to read a story and then skip to you know the story is continued through other books that i don't buy which i that's why i hate marvel crossovers that's why i can't stand where unwritten has gone currently oh, no. because it's crossing over with fables and uh, i'm like fables but... desperately needs to pull plot from anything it can because they've run out of ideas yeah but how so they, real quick tangent i mixed Good up Lord. in my head swamp thing from dc and man thing from marvel U. <laughs> man thing being the mute thing uh the mute yes i know like, what man I, thing I, I don't i don't know how to describe exactly is it a man, man and thing, a thing is swamp thing with a aardvark's mouth yeah i think is the best way to, and he's completely mute and there's like about a tenth of a second 15th of a second where i'm like how can they have a book with a mute main character <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i don't know i maybe alec holland will revert to plant form and just kind of hang out in the swamp for a book and, if there know, were if, if there were if I didn't already have problems with DC editorial and know that their direction is not what I not interesting to me at all, this would be a book that I would probably read. Like I like I like the world. It's another it's another one of DC's heroes that would be just fine in his own self-contained world, right? Where yeah. he was the only one or one of very few superheroes um, and his power was unique and he didn't have to deal with, you know, like you said, like we said, he's like a C or D level hero. Even now he's got powers that are kind of cool, but he's not, they even make reference in this book to him not being Justice League level material, right? right. right? And um, I appreciate that he's like kind of been off doing other stuff and promoting like animal rights. I, I literally cannot think of a single Justice League rogues gallery person to make a joke. <laughs> and that that sort of states my that sums up my opinion on DC. Yeah. I um I liked this book a lot. I I I would not continue reading it, but that's more about the meta issues than the book mm. itself. I like Lemire's writing. Yeah. Um and I I do like the art. I disagree with Andy a little bit. I like the art in the book. Um I did think issue 6 was um it felt contrived. It felt like a contrived departure yeah. for the sake of getting another artist to do a little bit of time and, and give the main artist a break. It felt like, to um, me, it felt like we have to make sure that the plots line up for the crossover. Yeah. We're not quite ready to pull stuff in, so let's come up with a filler issue. And Yeah, and it, and it felt like, a, it just felt like a filler issue. It was a filler issue. Um, it, I mean, it was kind of interesting to see the movie, you know, the movie yeah. stuff that he, uh, that they talk about earlier in the book, right. but I didn't need to, I didn't care. It was fine if that was just off to the side. And I saw that it thematically related, but it, it felt pretty blatantly fillerish. Yeah. It was, it was pretty, 
So I feel Pointless. like we've, we've done a lot of ragging on the book. But overall, <laughs> some of the things that I appreciated about it mm-hmm. were the variety of characters that have a character arc. Like I say, I appreciated that pretty much everyone in the family yes. like has something going on. Mm-hmm. There were mm-hmm. a lot of fantastic female characters, which is not the only reason I read comics. However, when it they randomly show up in a book and are like well-developed and well-written and believable, that's really lovely. The The brother-sister relationship between the kids is awesome. Yeah. Like it's it feels very natural and very realistic. It and does. And it's interesting to consider like both of their mental state and how like the older brother is going to cope with his four-year-old sister being like an avatar of animal yeah right world doom yeah bringing it back to i love the dead pets <laughs> like all the dead pets and when he and his mom are hanging out at home playing video games <laughs> and there's won't like leave me alone dead shit crawling all over them i'm like this book is golden that was actually yes. what that was actually one of my favorite moments too was when the mom is like he's playing this video game that's just some terrible zombie like slasher. zombie slasher game <laughs> and uh and she's she's like make some comment and and hit the kids like oh sh- dad and dad and her will be fine and she's like no i'm talking about the game it's this is disgusting how do, how do you play this and <laughs> so she sits down and she and he goes oh you have to swing the shotgun blade at the at the zombies and she's like oh and she just starts playing <laughs> like that's awesome that's that um it's those moments are what jeff lemire is good at too yeah. that's why like, that's why this book works on so many levels because he he's able to you know it, i said similar i never got to say them on the show but i said i thought similar things about like um the first uh the first run the strange talent of luther strode it was a book that was like this crazy super violent weird fucking story but what really made that book interesting was little character moments right like little family moments between luther mm. and his mom and his best friend and petra and stuff and that's what makes this work too is the family dynamic with um, with uh, Bernard, I don't even remember it. Buddy, the family dynamic, Buddy and his family socks. is, and socks is awesome. But yeah, uh, socks. is really what makes this an interesting book to read because you know I don't give a shit about him. I, f- I frankly could care less about the overarching danger of the red and the rot and all this stuff as much as he made me worried about how it was going to affect their family. Right, like how is he going to deal with the fact that his daughter, his tiny innocent mm-hmm. daughter, is the one that's like, A, insanely powerful, and B, keeping him sane in this like, weird dream world mm-hmm. that makes no sense and people can literally fall apart and shit. Have either of you read The Last Days of Animal Man? No. Mm-mm. I think I might actually recommend that at some point down the road. Huh. Okay. Yes, it is another Animal Man book. Who's it written by? Oh, fuck if I remember. It's a couple years old at this point. Huh three years, four years old, and it follows Animal Man um, as an older person, and I'll get to the point of this in a second, uh, losing his powers and sort of dealing with that. Um, so the whole focus of the book isn't that you know Animal, animal Man is a superhero, it's dealing with Animal Man not being a superhero anymore. Nice. This book, Animal Man is the hero, but I feel like kind of the focus is on his personal life as opposed to his yes. superhero. Yeah. Like his superhero life is sort of the tangent. That's, you know, the background stuff like when you watch the cop drama and they, you know, they go home and they deal with their wife and, you know, their their kids and yeah. the bills and shit. It's the exact opposite for this. Animal right. Man's family is the focal point and he goes off and he punches superheroes in the dick. <laughs> yeah. And he comes back the and he deals amorphous with the family. tentacle dick. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree, and actually, that's what—that's um, why I, I really enjoyed this book. Except, yeah. I mean, issue issue six was kind of pointless, but issues one through five, I actually had a—I really, really liked. 
and I thought it was really good. So um, I, this is another thing where the meta is going to affect my buy, borrow, and burn decision where I'm going to say borrow because it's it's worth a read, I think. I don't think it's worth a buy, but that's only because I don't trust where it'll go and I don't trust DC Editorial to uh, keep their grubby little fingers out of it. So, Man, so I'm just saying, if it would have been a complete story, I would have been buy <laughs> as is. It's like fifth... Five sixth, Jesus, I'm drunk. You're good. Five sixths of a book, so I'm going to give it five sixths of a borrow. <laughs> I'm going to give it a full borrow for the same reasons you cited, Luke. Okay. Yeah. Man, you know what's really awesome on another borrowing? Getting free shit. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey. Do we want to do it now, or do we? Okay. Do we're doing it? Okay. I, I, I grabbed a name. Okay. Okay. So, okay. We got We got This. This is for one of the Twitter followers. We did a contest on the show uh, where um, all the Twitter followers between nine thirteen and the beginning of this show were entered into a drawing to get a free digital copy of the Sixth Gun on Comixology, and. Andy just person who was the initial draw. I hate your Twitter name. Uh, Couch guy is the winner of the first uh, copy of the sixth gun, and we will we will DM you on Twitter and send you the code. So Couch guy, Couch guy, you were the actual first winner. Yeah, and Anne is drawing the second one. The second one. Right Honorable McCracken. Right Honorable McCracken is... Or Rich Hon McCracken. Rich Hon McCracken. Right Honorable McCracken is going to be the the second winner of our free copies of The Sixth Gun. You won't regret it. And you know what? Just for... This particular contest was only for Twitter followers. Over the last... Uh, five days or so, we got um, 50-something new, 53 new Twitter followers, and most of those were because uh, Cullen Bunn actually retweeted us twice about this contest since we were giving away his book. Thank you very much, Cullen. We appreciate the assistance for our little uh, crap show of a podcast. Um, So, Fun fact, Cullen, you're responsible for this podcast. We're specifically (laughs) Sixth Gun is responsible for this podcast. That's a true story. It is absolutely true. So um, that is why we're giving away for the longtime listeners of the show and anybody that's actually going to be getting this and paying attention to it when it comes out. I'm going to read off a code for a third copy of The Sixth Gun for free. This is on Comixology. The code is S-G-V-F-V-E-L-P. Plug that into Comixology and get a free copy of the Sixth Gun Volume One. Actually, um, that's pronounced. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right. Okay, um, I'm not sure how you can uh, type in, uh, but go ahead and do that and get yourself a free copy. And if you are the person that redeems the code off of this show, uh, hit us up on Twitter or Facebook or email us and let us know. You can hit us up on Twitter at uh, Trade Secrets Pod. You can hit us up on our Facebook page at Facebook.com/slash Trade Secrets Podcast. Or you can email us at uh, tradesecrets at geekerific.com. Um, I'm on Twitter at Geek Elite. Andy over there is at Mathtastrophe, right? Correct. Uh, Anne is at Ambien Tweets. Um, we would like to thank Eric K uh, for his uh, contribution to the show earlier. Hooray! Uh, he listened to show. things. Listen to the show. Uh, check out Cultural Bloodbath on, t- on Tumblr. It's um, Eric's Tumblr. It's interesting. So, uh, it's a bloodbath. 
But yeah, it, let us know if you're the one that manages to get this, uh, or the first one to redeem this code, and you're the one that actually gets the free copy of the six gun. For those of you that were entered into the Twitter contest and then whose names we drew out of the pile, we will I will hit you up on uh, on Twitter and I will DM you and get you the code that way. So uh, thanks everybody for joining us on episode 52 of the Trade Secrets Podcast, and we're out. Work it harder, make it better, do it faster, makes us stronger, more than ever.